Blog Talk Radio. We will not bow down to our racism. We will not bow down to
mics don't do it. CD players broke, so we all dying for good music. What percentage of music are directly influenced your next movement after listening to it? I'm the master of mathematics and my answer's not accurate. Knowing there's a rack of people trying to compute it. I'll listen to the wind blow. Before I let that bullshit bang out my window. Uh, I'll listen to the wind blow. Before I let that bullshit bang out my window.
really want to know what you're feeling right now. We vibing. I just might pass it around. The mic that is. Watch shorty get down. Wish I could move like the chicks in the video. Few Amaretta Salas. And here we go. And the beat is bonkers. I bumped that south. CJ the kids off it. Had a mob deep. Real murder music moment. Smell at the hip hop moment. Live for the funk. Die for the funk madness. Boot camp came. Broke down the mathematics. Wu-Tang came and knocked it off the atlas. Chicken grabbed it, but now I've always had it. The West was the West and the East the East. Two kings had beef, now they both the feet. That's a chest move. Feel it in my chest, oh. How many gon' die before I talk to them? We young, party, have fun. Throw they dumbs up in the club like what? And to be honest, them party like the slowly sacrifice till it's paper's right. Come on. Stop. County jail letter in the mailbox. House you sweat socks. Keep your braided hands on the porch. 
get that extra guap to lift your face and rock bottom. Crazy bounce back on top. American dream, a nightmare. Please make it stop. Neighbors watching. Hell, modern day dress. Scott clinging rock. Black boy, white tank top. Baggy jeans, dreadlocks. Streaming of that drop top. Non-stop Chinese spot. And let me get a black and mild hop. Navigate. Sick of sword project floors and vacant lots. We be the have nots. When we have, we become what we got. Another car ride. Boxing some knots. That new shit. Pedestrian shot. Hip-hop corner. Stay attracting the flock. The pain the back in the watch. Single mother's hustle. To punch the time clock. Crime a cash crop. Somebody wanted the dime drops. Ice grills. Mask a kind heart. As time stops. Fathers are holograms. Sons waiting for the day to snub. Uncle Sam. Why not? No sympathy for that man. He get what he deserved. Damn. I said he get what he deserved. Y'all. Look. And he get what he deserved, y'all. They keep telling me.
today on the block. Somebody just got shot today on the block. Look, y'all, watch the day on the block. Another body dropped. Somebody just got shot today on the block. Look, y'all, watch the day on the block. Uh, another body drop. Somebody just got shot. Look, y'all, watch this. Uh, another body drop. Somebody just got shot. Look, y'all, watch Today on the block. Today on the block. Today on the block. Realizing I was pounding up against the storm and the fight so astounding. 
my aim quickly, I expounded Developed a demeanor that would determine my outcome Fought for my last name, here is where I'm founded Tried to hold me down, but they couldn't keep me grounded So I high above, started writing and rebounding Releasing all the pain, rebirth, I started sounding Off on the struggles and the hustles of my childhood This is how I met hip-hop forever bonded I am what I was never supposed to achieve From the windy to the west, I rose to believe Chosen for my country, I chose to take the lead And now I'm everything you never thought that I could ever be I am what I was never supposed to achieve From the windy to the west, I rose to believe Chosen for my country, I chose to take the lead And now I'm everything you never thought that I could ever be
set us apart I knew it was you, Fredo, you broke my heart So now I ain't gonna tell you that my life was hard I'ma lift up this veil and just show you these scars It's just a shotgun wedding, that's all Just a pure raw coming from my heart Say what you wanna say, I'ma get it anyway let the tears dry on their own, nothing could stop me. I'm leaning sideways on the pulpit, trying to find the vibes off the top. I'ma do this, listen, listen, listen. I've been through the whole fly, the scream, the whole ride, down the bus is too high. I'm like one in a million, though. Got the over metal on the fourth seat, first row. This is something truly special. Drift to stay laying in the hospital with vegetables. You my heart, you my love, yeah. Us together have the whole world running scared. Cause this is something that they want, they never had. Once they finally get it, get it, they give it back. Still a daughter of a broken home. I mean, sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm married to the game. And it'll never jerk me. Got my prenup, let me re up. I'm ready, 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 ready.
wasn't love, but the feeling wasn't mutual. He used to beat her down and call her names too. I try to tell her from the start he was a lame dude. She didn't listen, she ended up missing. He ended up convicted and sent to prison. Guess nobody told her she deserved the best, nothing less. I'm hoping that she rest in peace and may God bless. And on the other hand, I knew a good man. A real nice guy, good job, clean hands. And his whole life just trying to do right. But everything changed when he met his first wife. First no appreciation for this man's dedication. A gold digger training the art of manipulation. He left him high and dry without a dime to his name. Sold himself short, another victim to the game.
Welcome to the Queen's Roundtable FEMC edition, or more more appropriately, our FEMC tribute. And we do have one of our special guests, an up-and-coming FEMC. You, um, this is history-making, so make sure you make note of it, because when you hear her today, when you hear her again a few months from now, you're going to like, oh, I remember when. So we're going to bring to you from Las Vegas, the one and only Intelligence. How you doing, Intelligence? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for calling in. And this was a very ambitious uh, roundtable, but um, I really think it's super important. Um, I want to just, like, call attention because I think our female FEMCs really need a lot of support. And um, it's just some phenomenal um, work out there by phenomenal women and I want to just do whatever I can do to make sure people, you know, we bring light to it and to really start having real conversations from real women that are out there and um, especially those with esteem-building messages that has something of substance to say. You know, that's what's really important here. So, you know, our audience always wants to know, who is intelligence? Who is the person intelligence? Let them know a little bit about intelligence, the person, so they can can connect to you and then share your claim to fame. Um, I first want to throw in, I'm in Vegas. This is my home, but also by way of Chicago. So shout out to my city, Shaw City, uh, Midwest in the building, born and raised. So I've got to show love to them and also to Vegas as well. Cause like I said, this is my home. Too, and I've been here for about seven years, about so, and I've gotten a lot of love here, so I appreciate it. Um, uh, one is where they made me, and one is where they let me, so that's how I like to call it. Um, I guess just the most background, um, just the girl trying to make it out of Chicago, had my share of struggles just like the next person, um, proud military, um, Air Force police officer for about six and a half years, Um been going for music for probably close to five now. Got the courage to go at 27, a late starter in the game, and but I've been writing and loving hip-hop all my life. And um, thanks to my husband, which I am married, um, he just told me that he felt like I needed to go for it. My guess is he got tired of um, hearing instrumentals on repeat 20 times in a row. So <laughs> he said, you need to finally, you know, just get out there and do it so that you won't live with any regrets. And um, I'm glad he pushed me. Great. So um, um, first, just to let everyone know part of your um, your claim to fame, you um, probably um, one of your biggest achievements thus far, you are the official Hello? Intelligence? Yeah, you're the yes, official. Yeah. Yes, um, I recently won um, MC Light's competition of uh, Next Top Female MC. Um, it was probably a close to about 50-something girls. We are all blessed to be able to meet her and her organization, Sunny Girl and Inc. and Hip Hop Sisters. Um, she had a concert and an event that included 
um, herself, MC Light, Lady of Rage, Low Mama, um, MC, or excuse me, Smooth MC, uh, Moni Love, Yo Yo, of course, and also one of her partners, Miss um, Lynn Richardson. And we all got a chance to learn about industry knowledge, to participate in a seminar and ask every question that you could think of. Nothing was off limits at all. Um, we had individual auditions, and then they kind of uh, surprised us and tricked us a little bit. But uh, we ended up competing live um, on our stage at Rooftop uh, 3100 in L.A., um, all of the girls. And I was blessed to walk away with that victory. So it was, it was a blessing. It was great, a great title to represent, um, a great opportunity to have from the legendary MC Light. So it's just been great so far. A lot of great things have been happening or in the process of happening. A lot of love from that. I mean, a cosign by MC Light speaks for itself. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and um, that's great. And I know, and that just was in December. So that you're just getting started in that. So we yeah. have a lot more, you know, to see from you. And earlier we did play your music. We played running. So um, let us know about that. That you know, um, you know how how you were inspired by that and your um, your advocacy for um, foster care children. Um, a lot of people don't know. They're probably just now starting to find out um, or have it confirmed. I should say. Uh, I grew up in foster care. Uh, my permanent foster family, I was probably with them from the age of 10 and then on, but I probably entered the system as early, off and on, at seven years old, emergency homes, um, group homes here and there before we found a permanent. But it was, I don't know, it was just like a dark kept secret. I think kids didn't understand it, and so there's some cruelty there, which to an extent is understandable because they're, you know, kids just don't know and they're curious. And when they don't know something, for the most part, they're learning um, how to become young adults as well. So you're kind of rejected from it. And um, my foster parents were older as well. So, you know, it didn't make sense to them to see these kids kind of pop up out the blue and then say, oh, this is your your mother and your, your father. You know, people were aware that, you know, there's an age limitation on that, too. So just basically, you know, as we began to meet other foster kids, because you kind of can connect and put two and two together as well, it just seems like there was just a secret around it. Now, whether we felt the need to have that secret um, or we felt that we had to have that secret to defend ourselves from society, it's just something that was there. And even went on into my adulthood, and I was writing, and a friend of mine at the time, you know, she was just saying that singers kind of go there emotionally in their songs, and they talk about things, and everyone always wants them to pour their heart out, but rappers should have to do the same thing. So I was like, you know, okay, on my journey, making sure I'm committing to my craft, and it's one of the first things that I felt like had been buried but was on my chest. You know, I, I hadn't met a mm-hmm. lot of other foster kids that were willing to talk about it. It's kind of something like almost like when you see someone, you kind of give a head nod, but we never really sat down and had a lot of conversations or things like that unless you were at maybe some type of Christmas party or something that was held for foster kids, you know, and you went to that and you kind of knew 
everyone was there was in your same position. But as far as in life, it just didn't work like that. So when I wrote Running, I wrote it from a perspective of how I felt when I first got taken away. Um, I just wanted to tap into that emotion. Um, One day, I mean, some of the people from my family, biological, and my foster parents, um, or my foster parent now, has heard it, and I didn't want to attack or anything like that. I just wanted to paint a picture of how I felt Mm -hmm. leaving what I knew to be real, going into something that was unknown. I went from the west side of Chicago to the south side of what's considered Chicago suburbs, which is Chicago Heights, if you want to call the Heights a suburb, but it was foreign, you know. This Mm -hmm. wasn't like a grandmother who became a foster parent and you knew them or you got to see them day in and day out. I went from one extreme that I considered as a child to another. So there's new schools, new friends, new people, just a totally different environment. And you don't really get to talk about that. And so I felt like if this was something that was still on my mind at the time, at 27, 28 years old, how many other people, you know, feel this way? And so, again, when I started writing it, I just, that's where running comes from. I just tapped into, from the beginning, how I felt being taken away from DCFS and being brought to this home and having really no choice, not a lot of say. This is just what was it, except for this is what's best for you. No one really asking my opinion. And I'm glad I did because when I would perform it, um, I would have, people in their 20s and 30s coming up to me saying, you know, someone got it. And it was kind of shocking at first because, again, it's not something that you really talked about with a lot of people. So to have them approach me, it's kind of uncomfortable a little bit because it was foreign territory, but it was also confirmation that I did the right thing by going there because obviously there were other people who related um, to the words in the song, you know, even older and age, and that's when, you know, I just always felt like there are so many hidden stories of what being a foster child is really like, even an adopted child, and it's like they don't really get to say that they need. Some of the concerns that are in the system, that they grow up, some of the beliefs, some of the stereotypes, you don't really get to question the foster child, you know? So it's just Mm -hmm. hopefully that song can spark a conversation about it. You know, if there's a young girl somewhere there that's feeling like, you know, she has to keep it a secret, if that song makes it to her, she can know that there's someone out there that actually gets it, that can relate to it. Okay. Well, that is um, is very good, and it's, it's good, one, um, to let things out. Um, and you always wanted to find it. Now when you do, you're not the only one. And um, I'm like the marketing director also for a theater, and we do social issue-driven plays, and you just would be surprised um, mm-hmm. how you touch people, whether, you know, um, and it's just important to share those things so people know they're not the only ones. Sometimes because of your gift of writing, you can articulate what somebody else may not be able to articulate. 
Exactly. And you, you give them a voice. And um, just like we're doing for colored girls right now who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. And it's being done in its original format, the way Inter Shaki Shange wrote it, mm-hmm. um, which is not like the movie. And um, we have people crying. Men, women crying afterwards, and um, is because of the the situations brought up. The you know the and people who can relate to him, people who've been through it and different things. So um, that's why the arts are so important, and that's why it's so important that we do have female um, artists, hip hop artists who can articulate more than booty shaking and dropping it like it's hot. You know, like you said, there's so many stories. Hmm? There's so much more to us than that. You know, even with that subject, it's so hard because I don't want anyone to ever feel attacked. I have my own platform. They have their platform. And at the end of the day, I don't know what they went through to be where they are. And we're all probably just trying to chase opportunity to better ourselves. But it's like... If we continue to allow this to be the only representation of us, which not that it's the only, but we are definitely the small minority today. And it's just like you don't have the diversity that we used to have in music. And it's like there are so many other things that we can talk about. Sure, we are women, you know, we are young ladies, um, we are sexy, we are attractive, and but we're also educated. We're also informed and experienced and wise and, you know, have and other funny capabilities. And, you know. and funny, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like there's so much more to us than this avenue that it seems that we've locked ourselves in and has allowed it to be our rite of passage because maybe we feel that this is the only way to get in or this has been the bridge the only one that we have found to be open, you know, to us. When it's not the case, you know, we're at a point where maybe we need to build our own bridge, you know, and begin with doing that together. So I I definitely agree. It's just it's time. We have more to say. We have more to do, more to accomplish. We have more goals than that, you know. Yeah, and the thing about it, there are artists out there, and honestly what I feel, I know people like to say because it's art, I can do anything, and I really, that's not the truth, and especially for our community, you know, words have power, you know, words evoke thoughts and um, evoke action. Um, One of the um, artists we played was Kaziah, Mm -hmm. and I know she has been, felt like the industry just, you know, she's she's given up and she's so good. But one of her pieces is called Keep Driving, and she said, what percentage of music directly influences your movement after listening to it? And that's mm-hmm. just the truth, and we can't just keep saying anything and saying because this art is okay and that art does not um, affect life and that life doesn't imitate art, and it does. So at some point in time, and it's not to say we can only be one way, but we do have to show the diversity of the human being if we want to exactly. people to really look at us as human. And I'm not even talking about black or white. Yeah, and respect it as a human being. We don't respect each other as human beings. Women aren't We've treated as human beings. Yeah. Well, you know, we repeat behaviors that are both learned and unlearned. So... 
unless we stop what's going on today, and that's just this repetitious behavior without with a lack of thought, we will continue to do this to ourselves. But, you know, we always talk about music and, you know, we go back 10 years and 20 years and we say, look at how it used to be. And there is truth in the fact that every generation will say that. And a lot of people associate that with a sign of aging. It's not really the case, though. Number one, you have to know your history. You have to know where the art comes from. You may not know everything, but you have to put in the effort to know those who have paved the way before you. But what is valid today to me, in my opinion, is that we have found a blueprint that we have determined is the route to success. And in that blueprint, what is missing is creativity. You know, if there's one song that we feel that this is the beat that people love, this is what creates the hit, we go make ten more songs just like that same beat, same tempo, same, not concept, but same lack of thought in that song. Yeah. Because we've and actually it's been happening for you. Yeah. It's and been it's happening for years. Yeah. It's been happening for years. I really do think. Now, there's a time, like the time of the Motown, and I think there was a much more creative error. But at the same time, they find one hit, and then they get people to repeat that. It's just that it was... People will be on the forefront, keep creating, and people may have following, which led to a whole catalog of music. And then at the same time, you know, if we get down to the essence of things, it's not even always that, you know, I think a lot of time there were other more good music. And sometimes because of the technology age, there are times we had better singers that, you know, you can make a hit and um, vocally not be the best vocal artist, you know, because of technology. <laughs> but um, even then, you know, words have power, you know, and much as, and I love Tina Marie and I still love Tina Marie and all of that. But I had to, after a while, I had to be mindful of what I listened to because much as I <laughs> love Tina Marie, I happened to notice that 99% of her songs that I listened to which was probably the most popular song, she was a victim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started listening to her around, you know, as a teenager. So what I learned to how to be a victim in a relationship. See, but we were robbing the cradle, need, and he was, need, you know, hmm? We need those testimonies too, though. The problem is is that we are somewhat relying on the music to to raise us and to teach us. I'm I'm 100% for artistic um, creativity, you know, even in some ways that I I personally don't necessarily agree with. But the problem is today, and we don't really want to tap into it the way that we need to, is that you've had an evolution of babies raising babies. And so there's a certain line of maturity, and we're losing so many people. Exactly. We're, We're losing our elders now, you know. And so you have your grandmothers that are, you know, in their 50 or early 40s, and, and that's fine. But the problem is is that we have babies raising babies, and therefore we have the arts that begun to teach them. And because we've minimized the creativity in the arts, they're only getting one perspective where, you know, I can turn to Mary J. Blige back then and, and hear something great and hear her pour her heart out and, you know, have it help me through a breakup, I can also turn to Lauren Hill. You know what I mean? We had mm-hmm. diversity then. We had the Nazis and the Pops, but we also had Goody Mob. You know, we had mm-hmm. Common. 
We have most steps. We had Jay Z. We had fun music. I mean, you had Sir Mix a lot. You know, if yeah. Sir Mix a lot was all we heard today, we'd be campaigning against him. But then we had diversity and creativity that allowed us to yeah. enjoy that fun music in that moment. So it's yeah. like it's so hard right now because it's like you know deep down as much as I think that in the home that's where the true learning begins and it's the responsibility within the home. We also play a part in our music because our homes are becoming they're it's like they're they're battered, you know, we my mom was young, you know, when she had me, so I hope anyone listening to this know that they can hear a testimony and and what I'm saying rather than a critique for how they're living their lives, you know, but it's that we've lost so much of our Familyness, you know that community raising and, and upbringing, so that you know you have someone to say, okay, let this song be a song, or let's discuss the song, you know, as just the song, you know, because you're right. If not, you'll listen to Tina Marie and and that aspect and that one song. That's all you'll get from it if you don't know where else to be inspired. So if all we yeah. have in the industry is women that are representing one another in this same light. Everything is over-sexualized and, you know, this is the only way that we are viewed or predominantly viewed. This is what they're going to get, whether they turn to the first female MC, the second, the next singer, the fifth, the sixth. If this is what is dominant in the industry, look at who we are projecting for them to be inspired by. What are the lessons that they're taking from it? We have removed diversity at minimum when it comes to the women, in my opinion, respectfully, yeah. in the music industry. And it's just, it's time for a change. It really is. Yeah. And the thing about it, there are women out here making it. And so, um, like, my personal call to people is, for everyone listening, one, you can go out and support the artists. You know, I will post the links and everything so you'll be able, you'll get the playlist and you can click on to the music to actually um purchase it running is a free download and we'll replay it before we roll out but um you know you have to be mindful you can't say hip-hop is bad because hip-hop is of this generation because it's not yeah that's the first way that young people will block you out they're, okay, you're ignorant because hip-hop is not bad. And, and it's the diversity in hip-hop you may not know because you only hear certain things. But you have to take time to listen to it because otherwise you don't know what they're listening to. And then you have to say, well, you know what? I've done it. I've gotten in the car. And these are with my stepchildren that aren't that much younger than me. But I might. And much as I love Biggie, because Biggie, Biggie, give me one more chance. I'm a jam, because I like to jam now. But I'm not, I can't <laughs> sit and be called the bitch for so many times. See, back well, in know, my day, Biggie, that would have a fight. Now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hard. I think, you know, I am a fan of V.I.G., uh, rest in peace. You know, he's one of the great, um, arguably the greatest. I, I think, again, it's the balance. Kids are exposed to to so much, you know, and to play a little devil's advocate, the thing is, is, yes, I grew up on Biggie, knew Biggie, but what was bigger than Biggie was my connection to Christ. So I think that though as a 
a teen I was exploring and possibly not listening to music that maybe, you know, Christ even endorsed, my foundation was there to make me approach that and determine what was best for me. You know, Biggie wasn't teaching me solely. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people that he helped. There's a lot of people that pop help, you know, we we want to turn away from it, but these are people's stories. You know, I could have written running so much more aggressively. I tried to do it respectfully because I have my foster grandmother who's still, you know, with me. And, you know, but there is so many more painful stories that not all the time um, a more intellectual um, tongue paints the perfect truth. Of, of what it was So I, I think we need to be able to, to go there And allow the creativity there I think what scares people today Is that deep down we know That there is the potential That music has become Such a strong voice And that it and that it is influencing The youth and though hip hop Takes a lot of hits for that At the core of that Is the responsibility of of the parents, you know, and, yeah. and I agree with you. I don't. Yeah, don't I think you should, whether it's hip hop you know, or rock, whatever <laughs> kind of music your kids are into, because they may not be in the kind you are, and you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta listen to this. And I feel like that today sometimes just. Just to be in a position I'm in, I have to listen and watch and read stuff I may not necessarily be into, but I have mm-hmm. to be aware because you can't have a valid discussion, and I don't care if they're young. If they are 10 years old, you can't have a valid discussion about something you have no understanding of. Okay. You can't, you know, they can't, then they're not going to respect your word. And then if it's you like do the have. Movie. I'm sorry, I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was, you know, I was just, you know, go ahead. No, I wasn't saying anything. Go ahead. No, no, it's just, you know, we always, I noticed that when we talk about, you know, um, that's why I try to say music in general. When we talk about hip-hop, there's always a negative association. And the thing is, is that it's so popular that it demands the attention from so many of the listeners. I just put on my Facebook the other day, so many don't like rap and don't like hip-hop, but you know, when I went to the Laker game with my husband, what am I hearing? I'm hearing Jay-Z or I'm hearing Kanye West, you know, and it's, you got a great DJ, you hear some Biggie and some Nas, you know, but even at the movie theater on all the previews, you know, I'm still hearing power, you know, it's like mm-hmm. hip-hop because it's, it's, it's still great music, but it's like, you know, I see people taking their kids to an R-rated music, uh, R-rated, R-rated movie, you know, and I'm pretty sure that there aren't a lot of discussions going on about that. The movies, their creativity is allowed to be respected, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily fair to rap that hip-hop is. The problem is, is that music is more repetitious than movies in some cases, but then you have some gangster movies that are legendary, you know, they're played. It goes across all mediums. You know, we can't hold, you know, you can't hold hip-hop response. It goes across all mediums, and it started way back. They love to say way back in the day, but the point is hip-hop cannot get to its current state if we didn't allow it because this is not how hip-hop started. It was way more creative, so it couldn't be at its current state. Um, TV and violence cannot be at its current state unless other people allowed it because children have been born into this. They didn't create it. And this is what this is the biggest thing people talk about. I'm like, but these young people didn't create the violence that they're born into. 
So, you know, you can't just say, you know, separate yourself. You know, from things as the Roadrunner, to be honest, you're talking about a violent cartoon? <laughs> My gosh. You know, it's but funny and all, but that's a level of violence that was considered acceptable to old Westerns. Very violent. The way they treated people really wasn't that great. And these are the things, but this was what was glorified. And then came out the gangster movies, The Godfather. You know, all of these things were glorified. Today you go see a movie, and the good guys, I think, kill more people than the bad guys. Yeah. You know, so. I think because there's mm -hmm. a creative. I think what happens when you go to a movie. When you go to the movies and you watch something, you often people leave respecting the actor's capability, the writer's capability, and, you know, the creativity that goes into, you know, designing a set and a script mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole everyone is appreciated. Yes, but we don't get that in hip-hop. The problem is, is that for a certain period in time in hip-hop, um, I feel like life began to mimic art when in all, and not every instance it was accurate. I think that instead of yeah. storytelling, mm -hmm. some began to live the story that they were telling. And mm -hmm. so many kind of gotten lost. And I think we've kind of broken through that period. And, you know, we're, we're coming back around, but where we broke through that period, we've kind of lost some of the – the intellect and some of the creativity. Creativity, yeah, a lot of that was lost. And there's other, you know, I don't even want to go into the the reasons, but it's about who controlled it and, and you know, we're, we're not having our real voice. That's why Underground became so much more popular in a place where you can find much more creativity than um, in the mainstream. And, I, and then I think really with the Internet and people just being able to come stars in mainstream, they felt, okay, if we have to compete, we mm -hmm. have to basically go like underground and just you know and learn how to keep it a little you know clean so we can pass FCC rule. But we gotta you know we gotta hustle with them cats that are just doing you know already doing it like that underground because they were making it um, you know coming that way. So I wish it was driven by you know you know content. We just want to do better. But what is just really I feel is driven by right now is that. Because of the internet and the ability for an artist to connect directly with their fans, they don't and they don't have to go through major labels. They're losing control. So, in this case, now artists are going to have to compete on a creative level because there's no um, standard. We, we yeah, minimize they can't keep those standard. creative artists down anymore. You know, they can get to their fans, and the people have proven to want that creativity. So. You know, I just feel like right now they're doing it because, you know, they have to in order to, you know, to stay up. They have to work with their creativity. And then they're trying to, again, you know, everybody's trying to control everything. But, um, again, it's a good thing. But I still, um, I'm still baffled how I think there's so many great that. women out there. Like, I'm inspired all the time by the women I hear. But when I go into the pool, the big pool of female MCs and and rappers, people like you, which and probably because I choose to surround myself with certain type of music, but you guys are a rarity, and sometimes can be hard to compete amongst 
what the masses are putting out, and these are women. You know, I, I you know, it's one thing what men do, but you know, I have really been surprised at what the women are putting out. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and I know most of them feel this is the way to get recognized or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, and this, you know, and how a lot of times I know if if you're more positive, um, you know, sometimes you can be mimicked. You know, you have to, and that's one thing. It's going to be that way. You have to come strong. And I've seen some females like really strong, really have a voice, really have a word, and I watched them. Just go down. I don't know, maybe they got caught up in drugs and all, but I watched them diminish. I watched them from putting out some real creative stuff, and like real hot stuff. And then I watched their physical image change to, you know, like you could almost see somebody telling, oh, you got to be like this, you got to be like this, you know, from being, you know, different and, you know, looking, you know, cute, pretty, whatever, to all the boobs hanging out, putting the cigars in the mouth and doing this and looking high on everything and, like, the music is evaporating. But, you know, somebody just started strong with some things. So I just, you know, it's just my hope that maybe, you know, by just keep exposing and keep pushing the female um, MC And, um Amongst the older crowd, because I actually, like you, I played you in various different groups. And one woman said, you know, and this is just a business group. And she said, you know what, I kind of almost gave up on hip-hop. But because Mm -hmm. of me, she figured she would listen. And she listened, and she said, thank you for this. Because I used to love hip-hop, but I about gave up on it because I felt, you know, how women are being represented. So, um, you know, there are people out there who love it. They want to hear it. And I'm just hoping that we can get the exposure, get the people listening to it, and then for other women to feel confident that they don't Mm -hmm. have to sell out. You know, the the thing is, I I know that I'm a pretty strong person. Uh, most most women are. You know, I always say everyone has a story to tell, and I don't. I know a lot of women. I'm kind of preachy. I can be real religious at times, you know. But it's just at the end of the day, I just want them to choose honestly what their lane is, even if I disagree with it. You know, I. Everyone makes a compromise and a sacrifice in life. It's only up to that individual to weigh the pros and cons of that. And like I said, there may be a girl on stage dancing provocatively, you know, to get to that next point. But for all I know, she could have been in a place that's ten times worse than what she is now. I feel like my goal is deeper than music is also to try to help project that she has the power and inside her she has the courage to be who it is that she wants to be. It doesn't mean that you won't be asked to make compromises. There's a give and take in everything that you do in life life to become successful. But just, you know, there are women out here that are giving you quality. And the problem is is that we view, number one, in my opinion, we view success wrong. We, we rate success based on others' opinions and what others determine a feeling is for success versus our own. That's the first thing, you know, deciding what is it that you want. Do you want a record deal? Do you want to be famous? And if so, why? Because I find people that chase fame often are chasing love, and that's just the truth about it. 
You know, mm-hmm. if you really learn to love yourself and address a lot of the things that you've experienced in your life that makes you feel like that you need this certain set of validation, it's deeper than fame. And you getting fame is probably only only going to cause more harm to the maybe tribulations that you haven't really addressed yet, you know, and that's why yeah. I talk about it a lot on my Facebook, not to not encourage anyone because I'm chasing the dream just like they are. It's just that I, I want you to be hungry and there are people who are born to be on stage, but I think that there's a disconnect there when someone is chasing fame, and that's where we run into trouble. You know, so many of us, we've been so long chasing this dream, and this is all we've ever seen. And if we don't get there, we feel like failures to other people. We're reviewed as, oh, you just want to be a rapper. And, you know, okay, you're 20-something, you're 25. Now people are like 28-year-old. And it's like, that's crazy. I don't know how, how long you plan to live, but I, I plan to live a black life. You know, it's like since and like hip hop, people used to, you know, people want to talk about it. Now, talk, let's talk about the life of hip hop. I remember when it first became prevalent. I mean, it basically came out around that time, but like I think around, you know, 81, Sugar Hill Gang was like when I first heard it when the whole rap thing really started kicking off. And what now? We in 2013. They probably thought that Sugar Hill Gang wasn't going to, that rap thing wasn't going to be anything. So for people to even say that you're young, but look at the players in the game. And and look who's some of the best shows selling out now was Rock the Bell. All the old school people coming out. They coming back. They are doing the the travel the tours the you know far as travels. Um they being booked at casinos and different things and mm-hmm. There oh, is, yeah. you know, so I, I think that's also, too, I think we need to teach a lesson about, like, you. I think that's a real valid point, that people are actually chasing fame or acceptance as well, opposed we, even to. Even adults, we're chasing, yeah. we're chasing youth instead of embracing the wisdom that comes with every age. I don't care if you're 22. Look at what you thought you knew at 18. If you're yeah. 26, look at what you thought you knew at 22. The problem is, is that we're finding love in the wrong places. So, you know, you got yeah. people that are like, oh, I'm 28, they're just now made it. And it's just like, I don't I don't understand that we are now chasing teens, trying to live like teens instead of being in the days where they used to look up to you and take yeah. guidance from you. What's going on right now to me is we're in such a beautiful time in hip-hop. And the reason why I say that, you, you brought up 81, and that's the year I was born for anyone who don't know. And it's like <laughs> right now we are in a position to learn about our history and experience the history. We are in position to be amongst the greats that started this for us. Yeah. The pioneers that were there for us, we should not be trying to write them off and, and you know, and kind of, down. And I'm not yeah. kissing anybody's behind. I'm just saying that we have to learn. Everyone before us have appreciated and respect those who have come before us. And here it is with this great artistry. It's like we want to write them off and sit them down. It's like, you know, for as long as Nas, who is my favorite, as long as he keeps to go, it's like that's a, another milestone. you got Maya Angelou who is still speaking, who is still giving you beautiful poetry. And for some reason, when you hit 30 in the music industry, you are considered incapable, no longer valid or unable, you know, to to, to 
to recite your words. I don't get it. I, I understand the yeah. need for you to grow up with someone, and there is a there is a joy in that, and having someone look up to when you're you're young that you can relate to. But that's where we should have our pioneers in the game, and we can still have our eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old rappers to cater to them. But what we are doing, or is even right younger. Off. The thing about it is, or even younger. again, like you yeah. said, diversity. Everybody has a voice. I remember, like with Little Mama, when people. Older, you know, and I'm saying mm-hmm. older because at this time they might have been in their 30s, which is not that old. But they were putting down Little Mama, and I'm like, I like her song. Maybe I don't so much oh, yeah. think my um, lip gloss is popping, but I think that is cute. I think that is hot. I would rather my middle school be talking about my lip gloss is popping because that's their thought pattern. That is, that is good like to hear to somebody talk, talk in the voice instead of, being a young teenager and trying to sing like you 20 or 30-something years old about love and stuff that you have no idea about. Here's mm-hmm. a young one, young girl talking what young girls care about. And I'm well, like, I that's... Think, you, well, Mama huh? did her thing in that... I think my Mama did her thing in that song. It, it showed that you could have creativity. It's. I think that people... Sometimes we can be too harsh. And I'm, I'm definitely a critic, yeah. but I also... I can respect creativity, even if it's something that, again, is not my lane or something that I wouldn't do. I love the art of writing as a whole. And as I tell people, please don't put me in a box because you'll get disappointed really fast. I'm a writer at minimum. And I just think what she was able to do with that song, you know, it was artistically great. Not every single song is intended for you. As much as I hate to admit it, I don't love Every one of Nas songs, just about, <laughs> but you know, not every song was written for me. You know, sometimes you know, and, and that's for right everyone. For but you people. can't say, you know, you know, you you just can't say it. And for me, at that time, I had a, um, I had young children that I, you know, took care of, and I would rather. You know, um, I, you know. Sometimes I don't think we really sometimes understand the weight of our words. You know, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, you can't be a mentor and you can't think about everybody, especially when people t- take distortions and things. But there is a level of responsibility if you care, because we all know that we are interconnected. There's nothing you can do. There's cause and reaction. You can't do but anything the in, in the isolation. But, you know, like I saw, um, and that's it. it clicked on me like 12 years old. I was just coming, honestly, walking around the corner. And, you know, it's, I guess, I don't know if it's as prevalent today as it used to be, but when I grew up, we are always doing some kind of little cheers, Mississippi, crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, crooked letter, come hum, back in. Um, Sam Greenlee, who wrote The Spook Who Sat By The Door, has this poem about black women when they dance. And that starts off young, the way we sway and hip and move. And if you ever saw our little, you know, cheers and stuff out in the streets. But I also noticed a lot of times girl children aren't safe in families. And when I was walking around the corner and I heard sexual healing playing, Somebody might be playing it loud in the car, and a little girl doing, like, her Mississippi thing, but doing her little thing to sexual healing. And you know there's some inappropriate male looking at her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certain things, again, I don't, you know, are for everyone, but this is mainstream radio, so at four she but can be. Who's really to blame for that? Sex, sexual healing, or was it the parents? 
see, I think it's the thing about it was, was being, it was being, here, it, it, it wasn't the parent because it was, no, she was out in the street. It was being played loud outside. So it's not like a parent was allowing her to hear it because it wasn't being played in her home. I'm walking around the corner. All this is taking place outside. She wasn't in the car. She was somewhere else. Somebody was blasting the music loud. But, I, you know what I mean, I think we do have responsibility, certain thing on mainstream radio. Like, so, and, and they may hear it outside, but then you have to be able to tell, you know, like certain things, okay, this is some, but this is not really for you. I don't really want you. I talk to you, but this is kind of adult. That's just like the seventeen-year-old rating on a movie. You may have to sit down and have conversations, but you know that doesn't kind of happen. And anything they put on a radio, and it is, and it's the truth. It's for a lot of different. It's not for everybody. It's a wide range of people, extreme range of people hearing it. It's not necessarily for everybody. But no matter what, words have power, and and I know it wasn't intentional, and I I love the song, but at mm-hmm. that point in time, it just registered to me why everything isn't for everybody, you know, and it was just my like granddad, a moment. I'll, I'll give you a share lesson with you. My granddad, um, a lesson that I learned from him, when we used to ride in his car, it's my foster granddad, not with us anymore. He we could only listen to country music or gospel. Now, as a young child, as a teen, I was not a fan of it at all. I could, I could do the gospel. I've grown up on gospel, but the country music, I just I couldn't believe that my granddad loved country music. But he said the only reason why country music was loud in his car is because the only thing that you would get is a broken heart, but nothing was offensive about it. And, of course, you know, gospel is always allowed in our family. But, you know, the thing is is that he laid the foundation of what was okay. I could not listen to WGCI. You know, I couldn't listen to B96 back then when I was in Chicago, you know. And the same thing with my grandmother. If I did listen to something on the radio with her, it was very controlled. I had to get from around them to hear something else, but the foundation had been laid. Laid, yeah. had already been planted that something was wrong. And all that to say is that I am Or that everything, you don't have to respond to everything. That Not even to say something was wrong. Well, everything is not appropriate at certain age levels because we all, um, we all did. But like you said, your foundation, and that's why it's important. And that's why I like to show this, to show people you have choices. You don't have to be limited. Even if your young person come home and say, well, this is what's happening. You can actually find good hip-hop music by men and women. I mean, that they will jam to. Well, who determines good? If it, and see, that's the thing. If it's absent profanity, is it deemed as, as good or safe? You know, the, the thing is, is that you have you have adult movies. You have adult shows, entertainment. You know, you even have adult vehicles that some are more dangerous, you know, for certain age once you become an experienced driver versus something that's a starter car. The thing mm-hmm. is, is that while we do our best to be a role model for the youth and, and, and to teach them as much as we want those record sales, we should be also, in my opinion, trying to inspire them as well. And if we can't get to them, then, yes, get to the parents. But we cannot negate the fact that the responsibility Ultimately, primarily and first begins with the parents. You know, it's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like parents, sometimes I think, especially since we have a lot of younger parents, they have tunnel vision, thinking that the only thing 
choice is, you know, what's mainstream. And so when you expose people to more, and, and I mean a lot of the parents, I think it's a lot of things I think right now we have to do a dual exposure, you know, exposure to. From if it's music, if it's technology, because you know the kids are born with technology, they so much more at. But the rules of the house is what's going to determine. You know, there's a big problem with a lot of people in the urban areas. The kids being able, being ready, or allowed to compete in certain programs because the the things that they have to do are so foreign to the parents. They don't think that stuff is real, and that they're just playing around. Because they don't understand the technology, so I think you know, you know, at a point in time, you can learn how to listen and watch things together it's with the theater. Most of our plays, we generally say fourteen and up, because the issues. Now, a guy came with two little girls; they pretty much were like eight and nine. And you know, for colored girls, got a few things. You know, few things. You know, not so much just the cursing, because we know they hear the cursing all the time, but you know, a lot of heavy abuse, you know, you know, and topics and things. And she took the guy aside and told him, she said, but if you're going to let him in, just make sure you have a conversation. Let them ask you exactly. whatever they want to ask you, talk to you, and just have a conversation with them you know why? so they can understand it. That picture. There's truth in that picture. And the thing is, is that if the, there's a certain point where, you know, a, a child is going to be a child regardless, but we aren't having the conversations about the music and what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Um, take my brother, you know, I told him that there's, you know, some songs on my page I don't want my nephew to hear or my sister. I let her know, like, okay, this isn't appropriate, you know, for my niece. I don't want them singing, you know, this one, you know, because I want them to be informed. But at the end of the day, they're also letting me know whatever they hear, we're going to have a conversation about it. So it's a joint Effort, and that's why hopefully yeah, God yeah. willing, and, with my and, platform, I'll be able to approach a parent. Yeah, and, and a parent and, and the youth, and you know, just that we need to know we have choices. Because, you know, a lot of young people, hey, what's on the radio is all there is. I said, you know, a lot of people don't know. Hey, you can, chances are, go around the corner a couple blocks away in your own neighborhood and hear some really great music, hip-hop, whatever, art, experience, you'd be surprised. These people may not have made it to the mainstream radio, but you'd be surprised at the level of art you can find so close to you. So it's really about letting people know there's this diversity. They have choices. I've worked with, like, in residential homes where I hear young boys only try to mimic what they hear. And this is why I see it. You know, I've seen the boys try to mimic it. I've seen them then try to act out of it. Everybody didn't live to tell another story. And um, it's, like, it's so hard because you have songs like My Hands Down number one favorite hip-hop song all time for me is Project Windows. And if you listen to that, a lot of times when people aren't really into the culture, all they hear is profanity. They cannot get past that. It's like sometimes with alternative music, all I can hear is yelling and screaming. But I'm honest enough to say because I haven't put in the time to really try to listen and understand it, that when they hear Twister, they probably hear the same concept. But the thing is, there are so many words in Project Windows that have helped me. There are so many times where I've cried to that song that my family doesn't even know about in spite of the profanity, which is probably the only thing that 
other people here when they aren't into the art itself. So it's like, you know, yes, they're trying to mimic it, but at the same time, hip-hop has gotten raw as it has been. It has helped so many people, me included, you know, through so many harsh times. But I just think the root, though I think we've gotten away from our artistic ways, and, and that's definitely an area that, you know, we can improve on, I think the foundation is what's going on in our communities. You know, it's like we just begin to, we've lessened our values and we've allowed technology to become our guide. You know, instead of maybe going outside and going to a park, we've gone from the TV to the game system to the handheld to the texting. It's not just so much just music. It's our cultures. We're changing and evolving and perhaps, we are not moving as fast as the kids yeah. are growing and technology is moving, you know, so it's it's deeper rooted. Um yeah. Well, that. I also think, you know, we, you know, like you said, whether and it's not always parents, so, you know, the kinship community, the extended community has to be important. You have to mentor, you have to put a word into a child. You can't yes. just ignore them because, you know, they're not my child. Say something to them, put a word. It may not work out for you at that moment, but you don't know what seeds you may plant. You have to do that because they need guidance. Because when they, I, I see them left without guidance, you know, like those are good things and you can say all that great stuff artistically, but without guidance. And mm-hmm. sometimes like, it's different for the true artist. Like I've seen, like I've been in this boy's home, and one guy was truly an artist. He was gifted with words. He still was bad, and I'm praying he's doing better now. He didn't, but he was he was an artist, and he was gifted with you know the art words, and he could manipulate, and he could respect it. While the other ones weren't, but they think you know the only way to be something is to be a rapper or a basketball star. You know, that, you know that's just where you know that's what they think. That's the way you make it, and they try to make up, and they don't, you know, understand about listening to, you know, the deeper level. You know, they're awesome just trying to mimic exactly what they hear. And hey, one boy, he even left it. He actually had a career, but he was so thinking the only way I could do it. He didn't watch so many movies. You know, he go back to California where he's from, gonna go stand in some steps and all. And you know, everybody's trying to tell him that's not how you do it. You're not gonna make it. They're not gonna listen to you. And to be honest, he was—he's a gifted orator, but he's not mm-hmm. a gifted writer. So he's good, you know. He's a person who would need a ghostwriter, and he looks good. And he, we actually oh, had bad, the opportunity. That's a bad word to me. He don't need a uh-huh. ghostwriter. He needs. That's a bad word to me. He don't need a ghostwriter. He needs to work on his craft. And we got. I mean, some people are gifted at something. (laughs) Some people aren't. He had a lot of talents. He's good when he speaks. He um, did did radio well, photographically as part of a campaign they had about stopping the violence. His his picture got chosen to be all over the buses. They ran his ads. But, you know, even before we knew, you know, all the boys always liked to rap, but before we got into that, you know, we had a playwriting thing. So playwright came for the summer, taught them how to write plays. So it was early on to just see he was limited in his um, ideas, concepts, and then the ability to expand and write on them was a whole nother thing. So whether it was verbal, if he, but if he was delivering something else, he was really good. And sometimes it's okay. Every like, some people are orators, not necessarily the writer. So if that's a partnership, 
because there are writers that can't that can't spit. Just because you can write doesn't mean you can spit. I, I know great authors that are the worst people to read from their books. I will go to sleep. So, you know, everybody doesn't have a dual gift, and it's okay as long as you understand where you are. And there's young guys that, oh, my gosh, are great writers that, um, you know, people are trying to push to do us, and they're, like, trying to push them to sing, trying to push them to do this. And I'm like, why are you ignoring this gift of writing? Have him sit down and have a conversation with Lupe and tell him how lucrative writing is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know, don't ignore because this person has a voice, and mm-hmm. so. Um, but they do need guidance, and you know that's why I find. Like I said, this was a home for boys. So this again, you know, a lot of kids who didn't have a family structure, who didn't have mm-hmm. the guidance, and then when you know sit down with the parents, sometimes the kids were more aggressive and progressive, and than the parents were. But I just think sometimes when you just had a conversation, just to teach them, you know, how to listen, how to discern, because you can't, we're not going to be around. You can control me what goes on in the home, but when it's outside, you can't. So how do you allow them to listen, to sneak off? I remember when I first heard Parliament Funkadelic shit, goddamn, get off your ass and jam, I was like, OMG, I was 11 years old. And I went in somebody's house, and it was teenagers and adults. They was playing it on the radio like it was okay for them to listen to that. And I was like, oh, my God, they can listen to this with adults? <laughs> you know, I'm like. <laughs> I think a, ch- a child is always going to, a child is going to be a child. There, There's, you know, I, like I said, I I can I try to only speak for what my goals are in the music industry, and at the end of the day, my biggest thing is that I don't want anyone to stop my creativity. However, I would like to deliver what I believe is my definition of creative hip-hop, just like I'm sure what the next person puts out that I may not agree with, they do with creative hip-hop. If they have all these, you know, followers that's willing to listen to it, I'm just looking for a little more meat on the bones. I'm just looking for a little more substance and what we do once we get our platform, not just music, just to educate, because the root of all of this, the root of much of our complaints is education, and I posted it before, we have become lazy learners, and, and not you, we, myself included, and it's something that unless you have someone there with you to guide you, a mentor who's taking you under your wing, or someone who is shows you how to choose a mentor and ask to be guided or to follow in their, you know, their footsteps, you are lost. Education is at the root of all of this, how we make it out, how we give our kids a better opportunity, how we teach them about music and adult music, you know, um, the lessons that are in the music, you know, so it's just, mm-hmm. it's hard. And at the end of the day, sometimes you have some situations, and again, hand-raised, that. I thank God for some of the music today that some people would ban, but it's gotten me through. You know, it's like it's the one thing that kind of kept me going, but the difference was I allowed myself to cry to it, get through it, recite it, but because my foundation was there with Christ, I understood it to be that just a, a song. Now, had I been completely lost, you know, and did not have God in my life, who knows? Yes, those music, that those lyrics could have impacted me in a different 
way. But those are that's fifty percent going left and fifty percent going right. And to me, the middle ground to that is how we are raising our, our kids, and that's really to entertain the industry all the way around. That is really what this war, so to speak, um, is about. Even when we talk about you know the female rappers out there, maybe they take the more seductive right. Some women just enjoy their bodies. They really do don't have a problem with it. There aren't any insecure issues. They're, they're sexy women. This is what they want to promote. And I, for that, I can respect that because they're doing something that they want to do. For many others, they have just been told, and this has been the only position that they've been put in to succeed. They're living by someone else's standard of success. These have been the only yeah. Um, images for a while now that's been in front of the, you know, they're not seeing MC Light, they're not seeing um, uh, Lauren Hill, you know, it's like... Yeah, and, and, and again, so what happens is they lack the creativity, because it's nothing, like I said, my my goal is really to show the, the diversity of everybody. <laughs> But my is to show the diversity in, in that that we're human, which means we go through everything. We we do it all. It's not limited. And I love to say um, I don't, you know, have you know I don't listen to stuff that has no cursing. I play stuff that has cursing <laughs> because you know people are angry. You know, and I will have poets that tell you when they're young they said, "Man, was I angry?" And you know, and these are PhD people. They will, you know, but have cursing in their thing, but <laughs> when they're younger, they, you know, they that's how they get it out more. Um, Doctor Jeremiah Wright, he has a whole lesson on on it, you know, cursing and and his purpose and all in the English language, especially for men, you know, and he does this in the church. So, you know, again, to me, it's not. Whether or not you curse, because I really don't feel if if it's a explicitive that's used to make a point, it's hey, you know mm-hmm. there are certain terms and all they have become like you know bitch and nigga have become so you know commonplace on on certain you know generations, but for me, like I said, I like it all so much, but I can't keep being called a bitch. So if a song, even if I like the beat and like the groove, and other, but after third, fourth time, I keep hearing you call me a bitch. I now I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm allowing myself to be disrespected because of my upbringing. So and I now turn a lot that of people off. People aren't taking your stance. That's the problem because we have because of technology. Even though technology helps us, but there's always a, a pro and con. It's a dualist sort. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is because now you But people don't even have to take like, that stance. People don't have to take that stance. That's me. But the problem is I just want people to think. You know, and I want, you know, whatever your age because I you know, we love to say young people but I can show you some crazy intelligent thinkers that are under 18, and I can show you some crazy not as intelligent thinkers that 35 and over. So I don't even at this day and age talk about it's not so much age, but I do want people to understand, are you just calling each other bitches because that's what you hear? Do you really feel that a person is a bitch, and do you really not feel offended? Because as much as they use bitch like a term of endearment, let somebody be pissed off or let a brother want to put you down, he's going to call you a bitch. The and problem is people allowed that argument, that, that argument, that the purpose of that word, whether it's right or wrong, 
it's really lost the impact. It's become such a casual term because, again, the education is not there. And the same thing with the use of the N-word. Have I used it? Will I probably use it again? I have, but I make a conscious effort to try to limit myself from it because I have recognized that I, I don't think I should be using it. But it's a filler word, and it's the reason that I won't use it in my music anymore. Someone may find one song or two that it's there, but I've made a conscious decision to not use it because it's more habit than anything else. And to be honest, I think that's the real reason we don't want to walk away from it because once you say it wrong, it's wrong, people then set themselves up for accountability. But the truth is just, it's just that it's become a habit. And the same thing with the B word. It's so unfortunate, but it's become so second nature for so many people. It's a habit to them, and it's, and yeah, it's an unfortunate it's a habit. habit. Yeah, and, but that's why I say I, like, I just challenge people to, especially women, um, men, you know, because and the thing about it, while I know it's not how everyone feels, is because I play for young people and all this piece that Dr. Kamika Williams Witherspoon does. It's a spoken word piece, and you call me a bitch. She talks from the beginning of time. Her the black man, um, black woman's relationship to the black men and how they've been and all, and every so often she and she starts to be in Africa at the beginning of the time brings it up to modern day. Every so often, and you call me a bitch, and she ends it. I know which one is which. I'm the queen of mankind, and your disrespects a bitch. And I don't care if I played it right now for one of the reality stars women when they hear. The way she says that, they are up screaming and clapping. And Kamika mm-hmm. recorded that so many years ago. But, and it's still, sometimes she, she, she wants to get from under that piece, but it's still her most popular piece to today. So if people are still responding the same way to that, that means even though it's become commonplace, you're really not okay with it. Because otherwise that piece would not have value. And, you know, and that's just the truth of the matter. So, but that's what we have to do and we have to, like, teach people, you know, just don't take it for everything it is. You can have conversations about it and all, and you have choices. And that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. We have choices. Everybody got different things they like, they don't like and all. But we don't, shouldn't feel that we have to be regulated to this. And this is all we are as black people, nigga, bitches, and hoes. You know, uh, you know, and, and we don't. As long as we understand that we're human, and mm-hmm. and we're not perceived that way, you know, and we can say whatever we want about hip hop or art and whatnot. But when you actually get around other people in the world and who primarily look at hip hop, but their actual viewpoint of blacks, even though they might know good blacks and people, they don't view them truly human, you mm-hmm. know, and. You know, we've seen this, you know, honestly, like from, you know, military bases or colleges and all, all, you know, in other countries and things. But, you know, when crazy stuff happened in America that probably a typical black person wouldn't do, like the shootings in Virginia Tech, Japanese students were surprised that a black person, it wasn't a black person who did it. I asked them what kind of music they listened to in the dorm. So, you know, and that's why that perception, um, it's not, unfortunately, you know, we grow up with that own perception of ourselves, which doesn't allow us a perception to be human because we're not exposed to the diversity and even a lot of the creativity is being lacked. 
And, you know, I just think it's not just a good enough excuse now to say, you know, you know, once you have a certain level of knowledge, you can't just say to me, uh, you know, well, that's just the way it is. Or because it's art, we don't have a responsibility. And your words have powers and actions. And if you're okay with what you're putting out, then that's fine. But if you um not okay with it, or if you want to talk about what people be how people behave that respond to your art, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you know if you want to complain about that, then you may need to make another choice. And if you're creative, you generally shouldn't have to worry about being locked into one corner. Mm-hmm. And you have that, you know, people who create. So yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like doing creative people. You see, they do a diversity of things. Even like, I mean, they're rappers. They're, I wouldn't say maybe not my favorite rappers, but they, the creative one, the you know, the artist, the true, you know, those real artists out there are very diverse. You know, mm-hmm. they they make a lot of different things. They do a lot of different things. You know, one they know it's not smart to put themselves in a rut, and you see them change as they grow, as they 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 get families, they start to. Be mindful of what they're putting out. Mm-hmm. And so we can just, you know, again, have these conversations so, you know, our young people know that, you know, they have a choice and the parents mm-hmm. know they have a choice and don't put down what young people like or don't put down, you know, hip-hop or whatever because it is more diverse. Take time, listen, have your conversations at least so your child understand what you don't like about it as opposed to just saying it's bad because <laughs> we used to have a woman around here used to have a crusade against gangster rap. And so basically a lot of older people would say because of her crusade, rap is bad because she had a crusade against gangster rap. Mm-hmm. And so, But so it's been a great conversation. You brought up some great points. And this has been a great show. And um, what I do want to roll out on, we are going to roll out on running. But um, before we roll out on that, you need to let everybody know what's up, what's next, how to get in touch with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd say pay attention to um, hiphopsisters.com and make sure you follow them on Twitter um, at Hip Hop Sisters, uh, myself at I Am Intelligence, I a M I N T E L L I G E N Z. Make sure you're following at MC Light. Um, and just there's a lot that's going to be coming. Um, I don't want to speak too soon. I just want to let my blessings fall where they're supposed to. But um, I will have a single coming out with the legendary Percy P. You can uh, check him out um, at Percy P as well on Twitter. My Facebook is facebook.com backslash I am intelligence. And I mean, I'm really and trying to be history in the making. Um, my goal is definitely music. It's, it's at the core of me. I've loved it. I've tried to um, I tried to put it down. I've passed it up and passed it up, and I've went through so much to get here. And my goal is hopefully once I get to open or once I walk through a door, is to open it up for another female there behind us because there are so many of us out here. That's all I can ask is that, if you find music and you genuinely love it and you know that female is really going hard, she's writing everything herself, she's representing, just please show her some love. It is so hard for us who are out here. And, you know, I mentioned the Ghost Rider thing. I'm not a 
not a fan of it to each his own, but at the end of the day, I am just as capable as any other male. And if I don't like what you're giving me and I'm not going hard enough, then you can feel free to tell me to go back to the booth. I do not have a problem with that. That's an honest critique, <laughs> and that's what it should be about, perfecting my craft. This is an industry and a game and, and an art form where we should want to be great. Often it isn't until you are challenged to where you achieve that greatness, but um, we're capable. We don't have to have anybody else writing for us. We can go in there, go in the booth, and, and put it out there from our perspective as women, as people who are out here having these journeys um, just the same. So I just say if you can, if you don't mind, stay tuned to the intelligence movement. Um, it's definitely something to stay focused on and um, and watch. And just thanks to everybody who's supported me, God first, husband second, you know, my family, and definitely MC Light and her team for all the opportunities that's been presented to me and that I've experienced thus far. I appreciate you as well um, giving me the time, Jackie. Um, it's a blessing. Yes, and we are going to have you back. I may, it either will be May or may schedule this around October because I have people all over the country, but I do want to have, you know, a table, um, just a table with a just discussion of um, just with, you know, women and really playing everyone's music. And I know by October you'll definitely have some more out. And um, is running still available as a free download? Yes, and actually you can go to um, Coast to Coast as well, Mixtape, and look up uh, Mixtape 226 with Chrisette Michelle. And actually, with your help as well, shout out to you all, was able to make that placement. So a lot of great things happening. Okay. So um, we're going to close out on again. She said, check out Intelligence, I-N-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-Z. So if you, yes. I am Intelligence, that is at Twitter, on uh, at Facebook, at Twitter. Instagram, at everything is I am Intelligence. Yes. yes. And so, com. And who, um, say that again? Whoisintelligence.com. Okay, whoisintelligence.com. So if you go there, you'll be able to connect with her and, you know, like the page, make comments. And when you hear even this show, if you hear it, make comments. Um, that's really how we can support online and help things go viral. Don't just like it. Like it, comment, then share. If we all do that, like, comment, and share, we can really help. Um, each other go viral quicker. So we're going to play running, and then we're going to see you soon. So everybody check out Intelligence. Deliver to the door.
Everything you 